This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up on Vancouver Consumer, it's all about wealth management. Sounds like something for rich people, but it's important that we all look after what we have. We'll talk to the folks at Easy Invest about how to take advantage of things like tax-free savings accounts, which can literally save you thousands of dollars. Uh, Also, some innovative ways to invest in real estate. But first, it's some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The first round of testing copper on SkyTrain and buses has been a success. Back in November, TransLink and Vancouver Coastal Health started using copper-based products and a protective coating on high-touch surfaces on a couple of buses and a couple of SkyTrain cars. The goal was to see if the copper helped prevent the spread of illness on transit. Copper has antibacterial properties. Well, the surfaces were regularly swabbed and tested, and the results are back. Looks like 99.9% of all bacteria was killed within one hour of contact with the surface. The surface, rather. TransLink is now expanding its study with more testing of copper products on more SkyTrain cars and buses. The second phase of the pilot will also include getting feedback from riders. BC Ferries is adding some new options for fares on its major routes. As of this past Wednesday, you can now buy a super saver fare or a prepaid fare for trips between Vancouver Island and the Lower Mainland. BC Ferry says the saver fare is its most affordable and is available on less busy sailings. The cost ranges between 49 and 73 bucks, but it includes a free reservation and will be available for select sailings throughout the year. The prepaid fare lets you pay in advance so you can just slide through the check-in. Plus, you save uh, 7 bucks if you book more than seven weeks in advance. That being said, uh, we're still being reminded that non-essential travel is not recommended because of COVID. And most video stores have not survived, but a big name in Vancouver is still hanging in there. In fact, Videomatica has just moved into a new home on East Broadway in Vancouver. Since opening in 1983, Videomatica has seen a lot of ups and downs. They stopped renting videos about 10 years ago, but they still sell new and used Blu-rays, DVDs, even VHS and laser discs. And the store's owner says this new space on East Broadway will give their customers a little extra room to browse. And if you're still a holdout for renting videos, Black Dog Video is still open on Camby and Commercial Drive. And speaking of movies, you probably already know how popular the Lower Mainland is for producers to use as locations for their movies. And according to a new study, the third most popular shooting location in Canada is out at UBC. The study looked at 120 years of movie making and found that 51 major motion pictures have been made out at the university. Number one in Canada is Niagara Falls. Uh, 142 movies have been made there. Banff National Park was second, UBC third, and then the Riverview Hospital out in Coquitlam was fourth in Canada. The study looked at the entire world, and you know what the number one location for movies is in the entire world? It's Central Park 
in New York. They've made over 532 movies in the past 120 years. Everything from Ghostbusters to Home Alone 2. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we'll talk to the, talk to the folks at Easy Invest, how to maximize your savings and take advantage of things like uh, tax-free savings accounts and even uh, some innovative ways to get into real estate investing. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and when it comes to investing and saving for retirement, there's lots of questions, uh, a lot of opportunities uh, that you might not know about, more opportunities than simply putting your money in RRSPs, for example. And uh, with me right now is someone who knows a lot about those kind of opportunities. Ralph Vanderwall is the founder of Easy Invest, Easy dash invest.ca and ralph is with us now hi ralph how are you i'm doing fine how about yourself excellent excellent and uh you know things are starting to look up i I feel like spring is just around the corner (laughs) and uh, i guess this is a busy time for people because uh you know it's tax time uh coming up but let's talk about uh, there's a few things i want to talk about uh this afternoon including tax-free savings accounts i think uh there's a lot of uh sort of misconceptions about the tfsa and we're going to talk about that and we're going to also talk about uh something that you sort of specialize in and that's investing in real estate and and when you when you say investing in real estate it's not simply you know buying a, a house to rent this there's some sort of innovative ways that people can get involved uh, with their retirement savings and their RSPs and their tax-free savings accounts and get involved in real estate investing so tell us a little bit about that I've been investing in all sorts of real estate for close to two decades now. Uh, I started out buying rental condos in the early 2000s, uh, multifamily, raw land, progressed from there, some commercial properties and things like that. And one thing that is continuing through the years is I've heard so many people say year after year that we're in a bubble. Yeah. The increases in price simply can't continue. And they've proven themselves wrong year after year in most locations. And, And here's why. You just have to look at the fundamentals. We can take a look at a few markets in uh, B.C., if you like. Sure. So Vancouver, of course, uh, global news has been on the increase with a few minor adjustments as long as I've been aware of it, which is since the late 80s. Uh, One cause is a steady stream of young people who graduate in smaller communities in B.C., and then they move here for schooling or jobs. But another much bigger source is immigration. You see, you've got one part of the government at the federal level has just increased its commitment to allow at least 400,000 new immigrants into the country this year and for the next three years. So on average years, the number of new people allowed to come and live in the country is around 300,000. So if you compute that over the next 10 years, it works out to some 3 to 4.3 million new citizens here over 10 years. Now, most of these Canadians will end up in the big cities, Toronto and Vancouver. That's the demand side of the scale. These people all need a roof. Right. It will compete for housing. Some will get into rental units. The wealthier immigrants buy a house or even several houses, or they buy industrial land or commercial real estate. Now, I'm not questioning whether this immigration policy is a good policy. However, it's a fact. It's here and it's happening. So if you calculate at the ground level what that means, if we assume that 400,000 people end up in the country this year, most of these immigrants, let's say 70% or so, will end up either in Toronto or Vancouver. The rest will go to smaller communities or other cities. So if we divide that by half, 
that works out to about 2,500 new citizens coming to Vancouver or the lower mainland each week. Just think about that. Yeah, so that's so that's a lot of people, and you're you're saying that's propping up real estate, especially in in the big cities like Toronto and Vancouver. And it, I mean, it it seems uh, you know if you look at. Uh, property values in the Lower Mainland, but also recently uh, sort of a, I don't know if it's a phenomenon, but especially during COVID, um, the interior and, and those kind of places, their real estate values are shooting up. Do you see that continuing too? I think so. Before we go into that, there's two more factors. One is the levels of government at the municipal levels make it more difficult and more expensive every year for developers to build new housing. You know, there's environmental laws, there's all kinds of of new measures put into place. They're effectively putting the brakes on supply. So you've got massive demand on one side, and you've got diminished supply on the other side because it's just really difficult to build new units. A third cause is the ALR, the Agricultural Land Reserve. Now, no one's going to debate whether that's a good or bad policy. People like to eat. But if you look at the map of where the ALR is in most areas in BC, you'll be astonished. Just about all of the available land is locked up in either crown land or ALR land. That's one of the other causes. So what happens then with this demand and this this sort of diminished supply is called the ripple effect. People in cities like Vancouver are seeing the increase in the value of their homes. They decide to cash out, move to a smaller community. Uh, let's take an example here in Richmond, where I live. About 20 years ago, the average price for a detached home was 250 to $300,000. Now it's closer to $1.5 million. So many of these folks, as they get older, they're selling. They're buying a home in a small town. They're investing the rest. Right. So, so there are different ways to uh, invest in real estate besides just going out and uh, buying a house. Uh, an extra house that you rent out. And that's where Easy Invest comes in, uh, easy-invest.ca. What are some ways that people can can invest in real estate in sort of ways they probably didn't even think they could? Let's talk about how most people see real estate. First of all, everybody needs a place to live. Second, for the ones that want to invest in property, they only really look at investing directly into investment properties. Many of our clients have one or more of these rental properties. That can be a really good way to earn positive cash flow above carrying costs and, of course, future capital gains. There's a few things to consider, however. First, you need to qualify for an investment property mortgage. Secondly, most of these owners can share nightmare stories with you about renters not paying the rent. And now, of course, with COVID, you cannot evict bad tenants or even damaging the property. So owning investment property can be a high-intensity job. And third, for an investment property, you'll need to have at least 20% of the property value as a down payment. Now, if you go to smaller communities, you can still find affordable housing where you can do that, but the average investor can simply not do this in Vancouver as the property prices are just way too high. And if you have a large mortgage to pay on a, on a rental property, your investment property simply doesn't cash flow, and now you're banking on future appreciation. So there are ways to invest in real estate indirectly with smaller amounts and even use registered funds. Right. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. And so somebody comes in to, to Easy Invest, 
uh, they go to easy-invest.ca and says and and and, and like a lot of people they have um, they have a nest egg they've been saving money they've been putting money into their RSP um, what do you recommend they do Registered funds can be a great way to either defer the tax that you will have to pay in the future or eliminate tax altogether using a TFSA. Right. I think the TFSA is, is likely the most misunderstood and most underused savings and capital growth tool we have in our investment toolbox. The tax-free savings account. And you know the government should have called it the tax-free investment account. Right. And that's the big problem, according to you, is that people use, they put money in the TFSA. Um, and let's, before we get into that, let's really quickly, for, for the people who don't understand what a TFSA, a tax-free savings account is, I think most people probably do, but let's just quickly explain how it works. You have a certain amount every year you can put into it and it, umbre- and it puts kind of the, the, the funds under an umbrella. That's right. So the, the, let's look at TFSA versus RRSP. The main differences between the older RSP program and the newer TFSA are the RSP has a maximum percentage of your annual income that you can place in it. Okay. The TFSA limit is the total available contribution that has not yet been used. So unused contribution room is carried forward. Another difference is RSP contributions give you a tax credit towards your income tax. The TFSA does not. Right. So you can, if you put a big chunk into an RSP, you get money back generally on your taxes. With the TFSA, you don't. But uh, that's not always a good thing. There, there are some advan. There's a lot of advantages to the TFSA, right? Absolutely. Now, in a TFSA, you can hold just about all the same investments that you can hold in your RSP. Stocks, bonds, mortgages, uh, ETFs, and private alternative investments. We'll talk about these a little bit later. The biggest difference, however, is liquidity. You cannot draw funds from your RSP without paying tax, withholding tax, except for the purchase of your first primary home. Now, the TFSA allows you to withdraw as much as you want tax-free. You can then deposit funds back in the next calendar year without penalty. Now, as you grow older and retire, many folks come to realize that they will need to maintain a much higher income than they thought they would need decades ago when they actually placed money in their RRSP, as the cost of living keeps increasing. So they end up paying a fairly high percentage on tax when they start withdrawing funds from their RRSP. Right. So that that can be a huge difference to the amount of income you have as a retired person. If you had, say, if you're lucky enough to have a million bucks in an RRSP versus a million bucks in a TFSA, uh, you don't have to pay tax when you take money out of the TFSA. So that's a huge amount uh, of extra income. Absolutely. Let's take a look at what a TFSA could potentially grow into over 10 years. So as of today, uh, the maximum TFSA contribution is $75,500 per person, provided you were eligible when the program came out back in 2009. Let's say you invested it into investments that, for the ease of calculation, you're doing 10% per year. Okay. You continue to make the maximum contribution each year of $6,000. In just 10 years, that TFSA will grow to $284,000. Now, if you have that same amount in an RSP and you take it out of your RSP, depending on your income, you'll be paying a huge percentage of tax. 
if you go to the bank in a TFSA and you want to take out $284,000, and let's say in 10 years, if you manage to grow it to that, you pay zero on tax. Right. So uh, especially for young people, uh, getting into a TFSA is, is, a, is a great thing. I think so. It depends on your personal situation, and we are not financial advisors at Easy Invest, but I encourage people to really look at what's this going to look like 10 years or 20 years from now when I need to withdraw this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fascinating and confusing, but uh, also uh, really important. And uh, I, I think the sort of ins and outs of, of where you put your money is, is uh, so important. And that's why you should go to Easy Invest, easy-invest.ca. Ralph Vanderwall is our guest. He's the founder of Easy Invest. And we're talking about the difference between the, the TFSA and the, the RRSP. And these are all things you can use. One's not better than the other, depending on your situation. But you have a lot of different ways you can maximize these investments. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of those ways and how you can get into some pretty interesting investments that are that are pretty solid because, you know, you're talking about real estate. I can't think of anything uh, that's more solid than real estate these days. And uh, we're going to talk to Ralph Vanderwall when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. It's CKNW. And uh, my guest is Ralph Vanderwall, the founder of Easy Invest, easy-invest.ca. We've been talking about TFSAs, tax-free savings accounts, RRSPs, and how to maximize uh, what you do with your savings, uh, whether it's for retirement, you're saving for a home. But Ralph, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about some of the ways you can get into some pretty interesting investments, especially in real estate around the Lower Mainland and in the province. But let's talk a little bit about Easy Invest. Uh, first of all, what kind of person can can take advantage of Easy Invest, uh, and and what is it that you do? What do you do for these people? Our typical client is an investor who's looking to better their returns. It's generally somebody who's been with the banks in their mutual funds, and uh, with all respect, they've got some great products. Many of those people are invested in lower return products, such as GICs, and they're looking for a higher return. They're just tired of not earning enough on their investments. So they do a little bit of research. Uh, They come to us. We are a registered exempt market dealer, registered with the BC Securities Commission, Now, what is an exempt market dealer? Basically, there are thousands of types of investments out there that are not publicly traded. So virtually anything that is not traded on a stock exchange will be a private investment where you as an investor invest directly into one or several companies. And you can do this through a mutual trust. You can do this through a real estate investment trust, vehicles like such. So when these people come to us, generally 70 to 80% of these clients use registered funds. And it's quite typical for us to see people that have RSP accounts where, for example, they've got, let's say, 50000 sitting in an RSP account. And when they started that RSP account 10 years ago, it was at 50000 They just haven't really made any advances. Now, in a lot of the typical situations at the chartered banks, there are very high management expense ratios, MERs, which are management fees that the bank takes every year. They tend to be one5 to 2.5%. 
Now, if the bank's doing a great job and you are making a good return, that is not a bad idea. But if the bank is not doing a, a, a good job, that 2.5% is basically taken off your principal. That is the reason why a lot of these accounts don't seem to grow very much over the years. So the client, when they comes to us, is generally looking to better those returns. Right. And, and these are some products that um, are quite aggressive, yet have some security to them. Like, for example, real estate, uh, like a real estate investment trust. Um, explain what that is. A real estate investment trust, also called a REIT, R-E-I-T, is, an, is a trust that invests in, for example, multiple apartment buildings or commercial real estate. Uh, now, there's both publicly traded REITs and privately traded REITs. So most REITs pay a return to the investor of 7 to 8% per year. That's not bad. Another way is through a mortgage investment corporation called an MIC. In the industry, we, tell to call, we tend to call them MIX. This is a vehicle that invests in multiple residential or commercial mortgages. These MIX usually pay the investor between 7 and 9% per year. And most of these structures, you can also use your TFSA or your RSP. So if you use your TFSA, your return is tax-free. Now, as these, these trusts spread out the funds over many mortgages or many properties that are secured by real estate, risks of major defaults in a normal economy tend to be quite low, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's actually, I mean, it's, it's pretty cut and dry with very low risk, uh, a MIC. Uh, monthly income fund if you're if you're investing in people's mortgages because generally people are paying their mortgages it's not like everyone's defaulting correct mm-hmm. so let's talk about say you uh, you go to easy invest and you talk to ralph ralph vanderwall he's our uh, guest he's the founder of easy invest easy invest.ca and you have say fifty thousand dollars in your tax-free savings account. And if I'm understanding you correctly, Ralph, if you, you should be uh, invested in something much more aggressive than a savings account because with a tax-free savings account, the real advantage is earning uh, a return on that investment. It's not like you're going to get a, a tax rebate because you won't like an RSP. So you should be getting a high percentage return on your tax-free savings account. Uh, so so that you should be a, a little more aggressive with your TFSA. In my opinion, yes. However, that depends on each individual client. Uh, we do the same thing as when people walk into a bank for an investment. We have to take an overview of their financial situation. They fill out what's called a know-your-client form, also known as the KYC. On this KYC, you give us an overview of where you sit in life, what your finance looks like, your liabilities, your age, your risk tolerance, your comfort with these types of investments. And based on that, we assess suitability for these types of investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an example, at Easy Invest, to answer your question, if, if you have 50000 at a TFSA or less, because people can invest with as little as $5,000, we currently offer an investment into what we call the Western Canada Monthly Income Fund. That's a mutual fund trust that we have set up. It's registered with CRA as such. That's now taking one of its two real estate projects into pre-sales. Now, that's a fund that we control as we own the real estate through a related corporation. Uh, the project that's now moving forward, for example, is the beach house at Saratoga Beach, just 20 minutes north of Comox. Saratoga Beach is a beautiful, wide, sandy beach, about 50 minutes north of the airport. 
we have now gotten our development permit approved for 30 contemporary townhouses right on the beach. We're preparing to put those units in the pre-sales. So we've got about a year and a half left in this investment. So when you invest in, in a fund like this, for example, you earn two returns. One is a fixed target annual interest of 6% per year, but then the fund plays a participating profit share. It takes a portion of the profit of the whole project and also shares that with the investors. So that works out to a double-digit return per year. Again, these are not suitable for every investor. We first have to assess suitability. But that's, that's a very good example of what you could look at with a TFSA. Yeah, so with the, uh, the beach house at Saratoga Beach, um, if property values continue to rise in places like Comox and, and on the island, uh, then, then your profit will, will rise. Um, correct. And now if you take a look at what we call the ripple effect earlier on in the show, so what's happening in these smaller communities is, is quite something. Let's take Vancouver Island, for example. Uh, there's many communities on the island that are seeing prices double over the last five years. In Comox, for example, there are townhouses being sold in the city for $700,000. Now, if you talk to some of the island folks there, they, they're just shaking their head. They're thinking, where do these prices come from? Because five years ago, I could have bought a, a single detached house for 350 So what's happening there is a lot of the buyers are boomers that are retiring or close to retirement, and there are also a lot of people who've sold out of their homes on the lower mainland because of these terrific increases in prices here. So they're moving into smaller communities. So the, the Vancouver Island real estate market now, in the opinion of all the professionals there in real estate, is hotter than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So that can be a, a great investment. And, and like you were saying, it's not for everybody. Uh, so what, what are some of the things? Obviously, age is a huge uh, part of the equation. If you're young, uh, you have a lot more time to make up for if things go sideways. Uh, but what are some other questions that you ask a potential client at Easy Invest? Age is a predominant factor because most investors tend to be older. When you're young, you're busy with paying off your student loans or trying to get into your first house, having kids, things like that. Most of our investors tend to be 40 years and older. We do get uh, people that are in their 70s as well, but at that stage, we have to look very carefully at their risk tolerance and their access to liquidity. If something bad happens in their life and they have to remodel their house or move into a home, it's important that they have cash on hand. So that's where a suitability assessment is critical. And, and by law, the securities laws, we have to assess suitability first for these types of investments. However, in a lot of these investments, if you talk about real estate, the investment is indirectly secured by the value of the real estate behind it, especially in mortgage investment corporations or in real estate investment trusts. Right. So, so that is sort of a protective, <laughs> that's a, a protective shield, the fact that there is money in the, in the, in the property. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. So let, let's talk about how often do you get asked this question? How much do I need to retire? Um, very often. I think most people come to us because they have come to the realization once they crunch the numbers that the investment returns they've been getting for the last 10, 20, 30 years are not going to take them too much farther. So they're looking for alternatives. A very important thing to look at, again, is risk. Uh, there are a lot of projects out there in real estate where there is little equity in the project. So the investor's money is actually used as equity, and then the bank is brought in as a finance partner. Now, if all goes well, everybody walks away happy. But sometimes 
when the world takes a little shift for the worse, if a bank is involved, things can go sideways quickly. Here at Easy Invest, those things we do not structure that way. We structure our investments with our own capital first, and we don't rely on banks. Uh, the only time we'll bring in a bank is when, for example, the townhouses have been sold to end buyers and we need construction financing. But at that point, you're looking at the finish line of the project. So one of the things we look at carefully with each client is risk and risk tolerance. The major difference between exempt market products that we sell here at Easy Invest and publicly traded products that you can buy at a stock exchange is lack of liquidity. For example, if the market takes a shift and people panic, everybody runs to the nearest computer and starts pushing that button to sell. That's one of the reasons why stocks go down so quickly. For example, that we saw back in March of last year when the COVID crisis started to have a major effect. Stocks lost 30, 40, 50% or more. Now, in these types of investments, that is not possible because there's a lack of liquidity. In most of these products, you can get your money back, but it takes either a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, depending on which product you're invested in. That's interesting because you, you think a lack of liquidity would be a disadvantage, but in this case, uh, it's sort of a, a, you know, like a just guards against panic, a needless panic. As we saw in the COVID thing, I mean, it wasn't really needless panic, but it went down like a crazy amount and then it solidly came back up and now and then set records. Exactly. Most of the retail investors, as we call them, that invest in the stock exchange, they're not sophisticated. They don't have rooms full of analysts looking at stocks 24 hours a day. So when they see their stock portfolio go down, what do they do? They sell. Mm -hmm. And when stocks are way down, that's when the sophisticated investors buy because they write the stocks all the way back up. If you look at COVID, for example, when it hit in March, um, I've got an RESP portfolio for my son, and, and that lost about 40% but it didn't sell. So the, the portfolio is now exactly back where it used to be about a year ago. Now, if you do this with an exempt market product, for example, our real estate investments, uh, yes, you can get your money out, but there is no loss in value. Right. So you can you can um, use this for a, for a number of different options, like a r- registered education plan, like you just said for your son. Exactly. And then there's other registered accounts such as Lira, L-I-R-A. That is a locked-in retirement account. Basically, if you've worked for a company in the past and they have provided you with an RSP that you can only cash out at a certain age, usually 65 years old, there's many people that have a Lira sitting somewhere earning very little. We see returns on their statements all the time when clients come in where people are earning 1% or 2% if they're lucky over many years. Now, with the inflation here in BC being anywhere from 2 to 3% every year, you're standing still. You're really not growing your investment portfolio. Well, that's why you should call Ralph Vanderwall at Easy Invest. Easy-invest.ca is the website, and uh, you can uh, have a consultation and uh, figure out where you stand. And I guess that's an important part of what you do is that initial meeting. That's very important, yeah. We need to assess where you sit in life with your risk tolerance, your financial situation. It's completely confidential. Same procedure that you will have at a chartered bank. And we will let you know if this investment is suitable for you at the stage where you're at. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Ralph. Always interesting to talk to you. We will talk to you again soon. Uh, It was was great. Have Have a great rest of the weekend. 
Thank you. Ralph Vanderwall is the founder of Easy Invest, and you can uh, find out all about Easy Invest at easy-invest.ca. And when Vancouver Consumer continues, we're going to ask Andrew. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time now for Ask Andrew, where we ask our executive producer, Andrew Ferreira, about what's going on, because he's got his pulse on the, on the, the finger, or wh- wherever you put the pulse, on the, on, the, on the city, the lower mainland. And we were talking about pets. And uh, I know when I take my dog, Gallop, uh, to the dog park, uh, there's a ton of puppies now. It seems like way more puppies than there used to be. And I guess it's because of COVID. And you were saying that it's not just dogs. It's a lot of other different pets. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's a lot of pets. It's it's birds. It's probably iguanas. Maybe some parrots. <laughs> I don't see any iguanas at the dog park. but That would be interesting if you saw an iguana at the yeah, dog park. Well, I'd, I'd, Gallup I would, would go nuts. I would she absolutely would, ask for a picture. Yeah. Uh, but new research out of Research Co. Uh, on Friday morning, uh, and here's the, the fun stat line. Uh, almost one in five Canadian cat owners decided to get their feline during the pandemic. So wow. That's 18% of all Canadians who they polled uh, who are cat owners have had their pet for less than a year. Wow, that's, that's a big number. That's, that, that is a lot of brand new felines roaming around and deciding that they do not like me. Uh, cats just don't <laughs> like me. I don't know what it is. Um, and this isn't new or anything. Uh, you, what you've said with the puppies is, you know, a lot of people are now working from home. And if you're able to make that commitment, you know, and if, you, you've, you know, if your boss has said, you know what, you can work from home now or even work from home for part of the week. Um, suddenly now having, you know, a family pet or a companion is a lot more tenable. Oh yeah. Um, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to feel horrible guilt as you leave the house in the morning every day, watching their, uh, their puppy dog eyes stare at you from across the hallway anymore. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of roll out of your bed and they're already there. Um, but some of the other stats in this that I found really interesting, um, more than three in five Canadian cat owners, 63% decided to get the pet for companionship. But 39%, so that's, you know, almost two in five uh, out of the cat owners acted because and only because a family member wanted the cat. So it was kind of an acquiescence. Yeah. A, uh, okay, fine. We'll get a cat. That's, that's, okay. why, that's why we have a cat. Oh. <laughs> you gave in. <laughs> I love the cat. Don't get me wrong. Mil- <laughs> Millhouse is a great cat, but uh, was my idea. There we go. Uh, just under a third of Canadian cat owners sought fun and entertainment when they decided to get their pet. chose the animal because it is, quote, low maintenance. And 10% got it in order to keep mice and wildlife away. (laughs) Which I didn't even, I I mean, of course, cats, you know, will, 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 you know, go after birds and rodents and stuff. But that didn't even register in my mind as a reason to get a cat. But hey, you know, for approximately one in 10 of of cat, one in 10 cat owners, that is the thing. Yeah. Uh, And here's the thing. And this is the, the quick line that interested me the most. Uh, 42% of Canadian cat owners say that they adopted or rescued their feline. Wonderful. Big fan of that. Mm-hmm. 18% received the cat as a gift. Wow. That, I can't imagine giving someone a, a pet as a gift, unless it's your unless yeah, it's, kid. Uh, yeah, unless it's a kid, right? But I'm shocked that 18%. I think that's, that's a lot higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then, of course, it wouldn't be polling unless we had these lines. Half of Canadian cat owners who voted for the Conservative Party say they adopted their pet from a shelter compared to 39% of those 
who cast ballots for the liberals or the NDP. Really? Uh-huh. So uh, if you voted conservative, you're more likely to adopt your pet from a shelter. Interesting. Very interesting. And, and all the people I talk to at the dog park, uh, it seems like a lot of them are rescues from Mexico. My dog gallops from India, if you can believe it. I can. Yeah. Shout out to Yogi Dog Street Rescue. So huh. there you go. Interesting stuff. And it's, uh, I think it's a, probably a good time to be a cat or a dog in these COVID days. Uh, this is Vancouver Consumer, and that's it for us. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. So we'll see you then. I'm Martin Strong. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.